So that was a um, phone recording of me and my guest Alicia and a bunch of our other musician friends um, kind of coming up with a song on the spot there. Uh, and I figured that would be a great way to start the episode. So that was from like 2016. 
But during this podcast episode, Alicia and I um, get into talking about poetry and how we first met at Fair State University. We talk about New Orleans and Trombone Shorty and White Elephant Records and uh, White Elephant Bazaar and all types of other stuff in between. I think that fixed it. I could hear like a radio. Like somehow that was making it pick up something else. Yeah, that happens all the time in the studio too. <laughs> like a, a Christian like station comes on all the time. But sometimes yeah. it'll be like straight up like preaching and it's like <laughs> kind of creepy. Like if it's, it's early like, in the morning the or something, you're like, what the hell? What is going on? Shooby doo. <laughs> oh, it's giddy. Bop, bop. <laughs> oh my God, I need this close. Your emotional support, Owl? Yes. I can't remember. I, um, I think I just got that somewhere like Maya or some shit. But You picked that out? Yeah. That's adorable. I, I like was that. like, I was like, this is a cute mug. <laughs> All right. But um, I usually like to kind of start this off just like kind of getting to talk about like how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't recall, like, I feel like we met each other. I know we like really connected through Cleopatra's Lounge, but th- we knew each other before that, right? We met, um, it, I think it was a Ferris Fest or mm-hmm. like a beginning of the year mm-hmm. music thing. Yeah. There was a DJ. And at that time, I was just learning how to hula hoop. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. A core memory. <laughs> yes. Okay, shit. Oh, wow. That is when we, the very first time you met, isn't mm-hmm. it? Damn, yes. Okay, I remember that. And you're just, like, doing your hula hoop thing. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. And, like, I don't know if you guys have never seen it before or whatever, but y'all were, we were impressed. All just like, oh, shit, look at her go. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And then I know... So we would always go to like um, karaoke and mm-hmm. do karaoke shit too. Yeah. Was that before Cleopatra's as well? Like when we started doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we would always go to fucking what Gypsy is it? Nickel. Gypsy Nickel for the and do pub. karaoke. Oh my God. Yeah. Going to the. I liked the pub better. I, it I, felt I, underground. It, it, well, it was underground. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it felt like it because it was it the was reality. <laughs> but yeah, karaoke shit, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like for me, that was all kind of a part of my process of like getting comfortable performing in front of people. Because like before that, I didn't really have any like performance experience. So I would go up to karaoke and kind of be like, okay, this is a kind of no consequence space to just be like, all right, let me go up here and perform. Mm-hmm. Then I would do like my freestyle shit too and then like really perform. And I was like, okay, that like helped me build my confidence and shit up. Yeah, totally. Like I, I did a little bit of theater, mm-hmm. dance, choir. Nice. But as far as like solo performance, that's kind of the only time that I got to shine yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah and I took it so seriously oh my for God, real yeah. we was, was, we was singing every <laughs> note like it was my last note I was ever gonna sing because I just like craved it so much yeah that became like a ritual for sure it's like okay I already know like these group of people are gonna be mm-hmm. here doing karaoke and yeah especially when I was like in school and shit was just hectic like that was like my thing like mm-hmm. all right I'm gonna go here sing rap 
curse in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I felt like <laughs> um, when we were there, it didn't feel like a karaoke night because you know, everybody other places that down. you go to, if you just walk in on a karaoke night. It can be pretty rough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't know what me. you're going to get, but like, um, I don't know. It just felt different. Like, it was like, you knew the playlist was going to be really good. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and we, and had, it was going to be no dumbass songs. And you had some of everything. Like, you had, you know, mm-hmm. Evan doing like Disney tunes and all kinds of stuff really well. And yeah. You had people doing country music and all that type of stuff. I would go up there and rap. You would do like Amy Winehouse, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a yeah, good Yeah, it's like almost we created like a little karaoke collective yeah or something <laughs> that was sweet so so when did um when did cleopatra's happen like how did that begin how did you get in position to make that happen um you know i was thinking about it the other day and i'm just so amazed with my younger self for the audacity <laughs> <laughs> like was like just for just like being like this is something i want to do and just went after and did it like mm-hmm. you know i was not a super um dominant person mm-hmm. before that time and uh, it's probably one of the ballsiest things i've ever done so it, 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 it created a whole new side of my personality that's which beautiful. you know and, yeah and that's how i don't know i feel like that's my introduction to you is that mm-hmm. like you being like i'm running this newly empowered yeah yeah okay. i love that yeah um so but like what was the actual process like did you just go like up like was it this originally your idea like hey i'm gonna do this and went into the lounge or um so i have to give really big credit to um the smoke and spoken word mm-hmm. uh poetry uh, open mic night that started at the East Town Hookah Lounge that was ran by Azizi Jasper and um, Antonio Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I owe so much to them mm-hmm. because they are the ones who um, showed me basically how it's done. Mm-hmm. They showed me so many like beautiful things about doing it, mm-hmm. like how sharing poetry can be like so intimate and like but also like getting to know people like in such a broad way was insane to me and so um i went there um and then i turned 21 and i started going to (laughs) the um drunken retort Uh with uh, marcel price and uh foster yeah and again those two huge thank you for just facilitating it you know Mm -hmm. um so I was going to Ferris, and then every Wednesday and Monday was driving to Grand Rapids an hour to, you know, do these open mics. And I'm like, I can't afford this for much longer because, like, you know, I like was like having to buy hookah (laughs) every single week and, um, you know, going out and buying at least a drink. You know, I have more than one many well, occasions yeah. you know so like as a college student i was like there's gotta be i can't keep doing this like i appreciate it and i still went pretty often but i was just like let's Had to reel it in let, yeah let's do something here like there's nothing like this here that i'm aware of so let's just i'm just gonna do it 
you know, and there was a hookah lounge in Big Rapids at the time, Cleopatra's, mm-hmm. and I'm like, let's see, Run it. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, like, like let's what's, see if we can get it going. yeah, the worst thing that they can say is no, mm-hmm. and like, I was going to do it for, I did it for free, Yeah, you know, like, it would be at no cost to them, to the, um, yeah, yeah. So, and they were getting people coming in, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they were buying hookah stuff, yeah, the, yeah, um, Later on, like me and the owner developed a really good relationship because he was like, "Thank you for yeah. doing this," because it's like really making this place take off. Like people are coming here other than Tuesday nights now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like yeah, once people know it's there, like oh yeah, let's just go do do mm-hmm. you know go to hookah through the hookah lounge and and yeah, I don't know you you really created a culture there. Like I don't know, it was just just like the karaoke thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a group of people who were coming out to um the hookah lounge religiously to do poetry and it wasn't only poetry people were doing you know i would go up there and rap and like plug my phone up to the speaker and play the beats and do shit on that and people would do all kinds of wild shit yeah it was more of it became more of like a variety show Mm -hmm. which i loved yeah me too what what's one of the more memorable things do you have any memories of performance that happened at the lounge that was like uh what (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't want to call any names because if i describe this situation like people are gonna know okay i mean i don't know i mean i already know probably (laughs) it's like not a positive thing so okay all right all right yeah no we got no i want to do something like i have a nice memory no um honestly bringing on jemiah um Uh was and that was that changed the whole thing and Mm -hmm. she was super serious about it like she is a like type a person but like with the coolest soul yeah like jemiah's the bomb yeah she's like organized and like has authority but like is the chillest person Mm -hmm. also like yeah yeah so she really brought something really cool to it and um I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, you guys were a great duo, like doing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is really nice. Um, how did you originally get into poetry? Like, was was that started from? Like, how did you? I don't know. How did you get into that? Um, I was in my sophomore year of college. And I had recently, a relationship had ended <laughs> between, yeah, between um, me and my uh, high school boyfriend. And nothing was like wrong necessarily. I just um, felt like I couldn't grow anymore as a person uh, in mm-hmm. that relationship. And I really didn't have an outlet to express myself properly. And I just felt like I had all this pent up creative energy Mm -hmm. that was gonna explode out of me if I didn't do something about it. And so I just like completely changed my whole life plan and decided that I was gonna basically try to find myself Mm -hmm. as a young woman. And um, my friend from high school, his name is Steven Gren. He was like always posting his poems and whatnot. And I had started writing in that time just to try to like get out what I was thinking. Cause I had a lot of like repressed 
thought mm-hmm. in my childhood and like up until that point like i was being restricted all the time in so many ways um that if i wrote it down like nobody would have to know about it right you know like and but it would be a way for me to get it out yeah that was that was very much kind of the reason why i started writing like um i was very much a to myself type of kid um and i feel like the just like my environment wasn't like my um mom specifically wasn't you know if you said the wrong thing you can kind of it's like oh i was just expressing how i felt but it Mm -hmm. can turn into a whole nother thing so it taught me at an early age just to like shut down and like kind of keep my thoughts to myself and not really share with people Mm -hmm. and that was kind of my way of getting those feelings out too was writing um and i believe it first started with just kind of listening to music and kind of letting that be a vessel for me to um you know, experienced feelings, but then uh, at some point it turned into me, you know, kind of doing my own thing. Um, and that was, yeah, that was, I don't know, that was very necessary for me to be able to have some kind of outlet to put those feelings out. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's your life journey? Because you, you were born in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. You were born in New Orleans. How did you get from New Orleans to Big Rapids? Like, what's that? Is that... How long are these? <laughs> no. uh, quick. Okay. Uh, quick. <laughs> Quickly. Okay. Um, so uh, both of my parents are from uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. That's where they met. And um, I was born in a hurricane in 1992. <laughs> and uh, my dad joined the military. And we moved to Texas. And we moved around a ton. Um, my parents... Uh, got divorced Mm -hmm. and then my mom remarried to someone and we ended up moving to Michigan and we were in Michigan for a pretty long time and then just like a lot of moving around like I just didn't have like a super stable um, home life Mm -hmm. Um, like I've probably been to I think it's 17 different schools Mm -hmm. um, during the course of like first to or kindergarten to to graduation yeah yeah that's a lot um what age were you when you got to big rapids um officially i would think i was 18 or 19 yeah oh, okay. when i started oh. at ferris oh okay so mm-hmm. oh so when you got to big rapids was like when you're starting school yeah oh okay gotcha gotcha and um like how did like so you're very creative like you and you know, you're creative in a lot of different ways. Like we already talked about poetry, but you also do like clothing things and you also draw, you also sing. What's a young Alicia doing? Like, like I'm just trying to imagine this creative child. Like, what are you getting into? Like, are you? Um, so the movie Dirty Dancing is <laughs> super important to me. Um, I just, I loved it. Um, like the dancing part of it and like just like the crazy way they would like be doing it i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like it was funny <laughs> anyway i don't know i just like it's always been inside of me like it's mm-hmm. just i've always been kind of like drawn to the more creative side of like your brain because when i was younger i had a lot of issues in school mm-hmm. um reading writing math paying attention mm-hmm. you know 
classic like ADD mm-hmm. child. And um, I don't know, I just like didn't like it. And the only thing that I felt like I really got praise for was drawing, singing, or like being funny, mm-hmm. dancing around. And so I think like creativity and performance became like a big part of my personality because that's like what made me feel good and made people like want to be around me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the first like music things in your memory? Like what were you, what artists or songs were you connecting with first like that you remember? Um, mostly like m- music my mom would listen to. And um, at the time she played piano and like would sing a little bit and she like probably my mom honestly is the Mm -hmm. person who made me really love singing because she would sing and play piano and I would listen to her and we would sing together and my dad is also a phenomenal piano player and he also sang um he was a wedding singer um, nice hell yeah when I was a little baby (laughs) um so both my parents for sure um as far as artists I can't really remember a ton like when I was developing my musical mm-hmm. taste like it really was my parents like I would if I was singing it was like a song that they had sung mm-hmm. and one day I just opened up my mouth when I was probably like three or so and started singing there like what was that you like yeah that's me uh I'm singing and yeah. they were like okay yeah like keep doing that keep doing, keep that, doing that baby, baby. girl yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think in like fourth grade, um, in our little music class where you just learn like all the instruments and mm-hmm. like the recorders and sing, um, the music teacher's like, we're all going to sing the national anthem. We're going to sing it one at a time. And everybody was like, oh, crap. Looking back, that's kind of a terrifying that's thing to horrible. make ch- some children like, do. But I, I was excited about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm got, like, I've got one, this. I don't know the national anthem. I, yeah. I was, I feel like I was always a little bit of a rebel. I was like, I ain't learning this shit. Yeah. But uh, this is like a history <laughs> lesson, also. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, so, you're good. But yeah, you were excited. You like I was I'm excited. About to kill this shit. Um, I wasn't popular in school by any means. Um, I was very weird, dressed weird, um, just was just a weird child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I didn't have a lot of friends, but I knew I was like, oh, I'm about to do this thing that I know I can do, like better than anybody else. That's awesome. Yeah, he's like, this is my. St-. Yeah, and I like it was my turn to go. And I sang, and everybody was just like, whoa. Like, it was a surprise like yeah. movie moment where everyone was just like, that's oh. really good. <laughs> and my oh, teachers were like, okay, maybe there is something to this wacky little girl. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a lost cause yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Um, I know, like, we... Um, used to connect a lot over like Amy Winehouse. Um, how did you get into Amy Winehouse? Like, do you remember when you first heard her? Was it like that main hit mm. rehab song or was it? Yeah. Um, the first time I heard her, I think I was 13 or 14 and back to black had came out and, uh, rehab was on the mm-hmm. radio and like, 
I already had loved Motown before from my parents. And so when I heard that song, it was like so groovy. Mm-hmm. Like, and my dad was like, oh, yeah, this is like Motown. Yeah, this is like old yeah. school feel. Like, Yeah. And um, he like ended up learning a couple songs for me off of that album. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did them together. Um, I think he since forgot about them. He would just like try to do it really quickly on the yeah. piano. Yeah. Um, so I got into that album and then all throughout high school, I was just like, yeah, like this is who I want to be, you know? And, um, later on in life, uh, she helped me so much too, Mm -hmm. like through that breakup. Um, cause like if it's anything, it's emotional. Yeah. You know? Yes. Always. It's like, it touches your Mm -hmm. soul. And I just think I was really craving mm-hmm. that sort of uh, penetrating understanding. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like her music was that for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember um, when I first kind of got into... Well, I remember when I first heard Amy Winehouse. Um, that's back when I was working at McDonald's. <laughs> and we used to be playing music in there. And I was like, what is this? Like this... This is very different from everything that's going on at mm-hmm. the moment. You know what I mean? And I kind of, I, I didn't dive in at that point though. I was like, okay, so a cool song. Um, but then I didn't really dive in until I think I was in college. And I think I just randomly bought, like this is back still when I'm buying CDs and shit. And I bought Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh shit, like. This is awesome, you know. Yeah, Frank was like super R and B too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I yeah. Like that. So that definitely grabbed me. And there was also like a song that samples like a Nas song. Mm-hmm. Wish I could say embrace my heart like you did in the beginning. It's not that we grew apart. Ah, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters at? Where them dimes at? This ain't rapping, this is street hop. Now get up off your ass like your seat's hot. My live niggas lit up the reefer. Trunk in the car, we got the street sweeper. And I was, and that also automatically got me. And I might be, um, I might have my timetables flipped around because there was also. A mixtape I used to love that was actually a, a blend of Nas and Amy Winehouse music together. Um, and I think mainly what it would do is take like instrumentals from Amy Winehouse and throw Nas on there, but then also have her like doing chorus stuff and mm-hmm. every once in a while doing verses and stuff like that. And I used to love that. Like I used to play it so much. So when the week kicks in. Everything falls into place Yo. And it 
explode. My thoughts were drunken from courts of biz. Was years back before Nasir would explore career rap as a music dude. I mastered this Rubik's cube. Godzilla fought gargantuan eyes glued to the tube. Was a long time ago. John Boy, Ice, Geronimo, Polite, jumping out Chrysler's easy wider paper. Pops puffing his chest, punching his chest like a gorilla outside with psychos, killers. I don't know. It does not get much better. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As far as like those two things mixing, yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, milk and honey. Oh yeah. Um, another thing that I didn't mention about you that you're very good at is cooking. How like when did you start cooking? Like was that something that you did did at a young age, or was something like okay now I'm out in the world, let me find out how to do this shit? Yeah, um, I was given a lot of responsibility at a young age. Mm -hmm. um, I am the oldest of four. Um, I've more, but since divorce and you know things like that, but. Um, so I was always in charge. I was always watching everybody. And so um, I learned to cook super young and just like wanted good shit to eat and wanted my brothers and sisters to, I don't know, think that I was cool mm -hmm. <laughs> and like a good, like I wanted to nurture them and take care of them. So um, I just really started to get creative with what we had in the house to put together and I still do that. Like, I very rarely follow a recipe. Mm -hmm. um, I just um, intuitively do stuff unless it's, like, baking or whatever. Right, like, if yeah. I know the basic outline of a dish, mm -hmm. I can throw it together pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I feel like I didn't really start cooking a whole lot until I, well, yeah, until I, like, left home. It was in college and stuff. Um, and then I just really got into it though, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like start, you know, started watching a lot of cooking shows and learning from that and stuff like that. And just, I'm very much the same way though. I like to experiment, um, and try stuff out, you know, just like, okay, I got this, this, and this, like mm -hmm. these things sound like they will go well together, you know? And after you just cook for a while, you kind of just get to have a brain for it to be like, okay, these things will. Yeah. Work, yeah. It's like, know? it's. The intuitiveness of it mm -hmm. is like really like you are in a what do they call it Zen mode or whatever you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's the best. What's your favorite food to my, make? My favorite food to make. Oh man, I I I'm very I'm horrible at the favorites thing because I'm just like I like everything. Okay, <laughs> I love okay, it all. let's but no, say but, like you're girlfriend's parents are going to come over mm -hmm. and like you're going to make okay, them what something what are you going to make yeah well my the one thing that i usually like to make for people to be like impress them mm -hmm. um are these things called woodoos and it's it's a family recipe it it's actually a family friend sounds cajun yeah it's a <laughs> it's a um family friends recipe so this really close family that we had growing up um they came up with this and my aunt used to make it all the time um and it's basically like you take a you like saute some onions 
you know, ground pepper, mushroom, green peppers is in it, and the seasoning is like uh, cumin and chili powder, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you put those, put that mix inside of an egg roll wrapper, get some cheap ass like American cheese, put that in there too, fry that up in the egg roll wrapper, and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I we usually make it with rice, and then you usually have leftover of that mix of like the the ground beef mushroom mm-hmm. and stuff and usually you make a gravy out of that and you put that over the rice i love that because it's like a fusion meal mm-hmm. and it uses lots of different elements of stuff i mm-hmm. like that no, yeah but that's my shit <laughs> i just i made that not too long ago i think i can't remember what it was what, what the occasion was but i don't make that often because i don't like to fry food yeah um it's annoying yeah yeah it's annoying and it's not good for you and yeah yeah like it everything smells, <laughs> like my, my excuse is it's annoying yeah i don't do it because it's not good for you but but that uh, also plays into it though being like okay yeah like now, yeah your skin like starts i'm all greasy now yeah <laughs> but yeah um but no that that um that's my mm-hmm. go-to what's your go-to dish to um probably I'm, I mean, I would say spaghetti, but again, like it's, it's different every single time. And I just like, you can't go wrong with like a good spaghetti. It's going to please just about everybody. And, uh, I don't know. It just rules. It just does. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Spaghetti is the shit. It is the shit. Um, (laughs) but if I'm trying to impress somebody, um, I'm probably making a Cajun dish. Mm. Um, Yeah. Probably um, shrimp gumbo or uh, seafood etouffee. Do you still have people in New Orleans? Yeah, both my grandparents uh, still live in New Orleans. Uh, it's actually the, I say New Orleans, but it's like on, just on the outskirts mm-hmm. of it. Um, okay. It's called West Wego. Um, they're amazing. My gr- grandparents in <laughs> Louisiana, like they are like, the blueprint for mm-hmm. like how you're supposed to be when mm-hmm. you're older. Like my grandpa like is dancing all the time. He That's loves to dance. Dope. He loves music. He's like such a jazzy individual. Uh-huh. Like jazzy is just like part of his personality. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him and um, aspire to be like that every day. <laughs> That's tight. So yeah. do you, when's the last time you've been there? Um, just a few years ago for my cousin, uh, Josh's wedding, mm-hmm. it was an excellent experience. Like my family at awesome. a wedding is like something to be seen. It's just so beautiful. Like everybody really like lets loose and like loves to dance and like they're really good at it too. That's, I, yeah. That's they awesome. just like straight up cut a rug all night long, all night long. The, the, yeah. the last time I went to New Orleans and the only time I went was for my friend's uh, wedding, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was such an amazing time. Like, just that city in general. Like, it wasn't during, like, a special, you know, mm-hmm. time of the year where they have a lot of people or anything. But it's just lively. You know, everywhere you go, there's live music and there's amazing food and all that stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, God damn. Like, I, it's energetic. I it's yeah. the energy is like palpable mm-hmm. like right when you start driving in like it you can feel it like it's like a mini metropolis of like so much culture yeah and the cool thing about new orleans in particular is that they do have a very specific culture like they have their own 
food like of a part of the country right. like that you refer to mm-hmm. you know and it's just all in this like little area there's like the saddest like heartbreaking images of like human degradation you can see mm-hmm. and then there are like incredibly beautiful pockets mm-hmm. of like art and music and incredible food yeah and it's like block to block side of the street to side of the street yeah like it the juxtaposition of that entire city is phenomenal and it's like like i romanticize it a lot Mm -hmm. i think everybody does everybody like it's just a romantic city Mm -hmm. but like i romanticize it a lot myself because whenever i'm there i do feel like somewhat grounded and rooted because like i feel like my (laughs) mind is so much like that like it's literally all over the place and like yeah oh yeah so i'm crazy basically and i feel good in a crazy place (laughs) i think that's why we are friends because i'm crazy too (laughs) i'm all over the place um but yeah like um, when i went for that wedding one of my highlights was you know the second line um, they had hired a second line to follow us from like the wedding reception to like the after party club or whatever we went to. So that band just came through and just walked us through the streets as we went to whatever nightclub or something we went to. Um, Isn't that incredible? And it was just like, what the fuck? Where am I? What am I doing right now? I'm so fucking happy. That's like a like, once, not a once in a lifetime, but like it's a very unique experience Mm -hmm. that like you're not gonna get like pretty much anywhere else yeah and and i was uh like so i was right behind like the the band the the drummers and you know i was walking and the whole time i was like i want to freestyle to this i want to freestyle to this and i'm like i'm like i don't know i don't want to step over any boundaries so like i just the two guys that were in front of me i just like got real close to their ear and while they were drumming like i just started rapping in their ear Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the band kind of stopped and they were just drumming so i can be heard a little bit more people still in the back couldn't hear me because i'm just you know but i just started rapping with them and i was like yes like all right yes i'm like i'm so proud of myself because i mean i have so much anxiety about stuff like that you know what i mean like um I mean, I guess I had another, I guess, relating to New Orleans opportunity with Trombone Shorty. He was um, here at 20 Monroe. I went to the um, grand opening of 20 Monroe. Mm-hmm. I think this 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 was when I still lived in Big Rapids, um, I think is when that happened. But I came up here to go to that show. And, you know, um, they kind of did a second line thing at that show. So, you know, at the very end trombone shorty and all the other players kind of got off the stage and started going through the crowd and like playing and and stuff like that and they came around and went kind of through the middle of the crowd and stopped like right in front of me and they're just like jamming and i'm like fuck i want to rap in his ear so badly but i'm like yeah yeah i'm like i want to do this but I, i was like i can't i can't do that like i can't you know fuck with his show like he's mm-hmm. doing his show but i was like man i regretted it so much after i said i should have just fucking rapped in his ear like mm-hmm. would nobody care because he was right there like it was just like hey, 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 
snacks, hats, bats, cats. <laughs> Uh, oh God. That mo- that feeling that you were uh, talking about um, when you were freestyling in New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, that feeling right there is like why I loved Cleopatra's. Like yeah. seeing people like getting to express themselves and like feeling like joy mm-hmm. spill out of them. Yes, is unreal. Like it's crazy. It. Yeah, and like it happened to me personally a mm-hmm. lot like especially if i was singing like if i just like yelled it out and like put it into the room like we could all feel that mm-hmm. you know no it's, i mean i feel like very much is kind of a, a form of therapy back especially back when a lot of people weren't getting therapy and you know oh yeah didn't no. have the language for a lot mm-hmm. of things that was going on like that was our way of having kind of a community of getting things off our chest to, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of fight through um, our anxiety. You know what I mean? Fight, be like, okay, I'm nervous about doing this thing and opening up in front of people. Then you fight through it, go up there and do it. And you feel so much relief and joy afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's like a room full of empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a beautiful, very beautiful thing. And very instrumental in my growth Mm -hmm. like i want to say thank you for real like i didn't i don't know i didn't think about that but yeah it was very instrumental to my growth and me kind of finding myself and having a community and especially in big rapids like i don't know it's a little different there (laughs) than where i'm from you know like i had a lot of anxiety just being in big rapids like i'm i come from flint it's super duper black like Mm -hmm. um you know what I mean? And, you know, I had to be in a lot of different spaces that weren't as comfortable or inviting for me. Mm-hmm. And that was a place that was very inviting for me. Yeah. I, I've seen that in real time. Mm-hmm. Just being around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, saw you being super comfortable around, you know, our group of people and whatever. But, like, other times when we would uh, go out to places, like, I can see it like in your eyes and stuff like that and i was like wow this is like a weird thing to uh see upon a person's face mm, like seeming like not be comfortable yeah in, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely yeah especially I, i'm just like that in general like even even in flint like um if i'm a i i i just don't trust people i guess mm-hmm. so like if i'm not around a group that i know that i can trust i just change you know mm-hmm. my, i kind of want to not be noticed and just kind of look around and observe first before I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll see you over in the corner and be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't know okay. these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how did you start the White Elephant Bazaar? Like, and also explain what that is for people. Uh, White Elephant Bazaar is a vintage clothing shop. We specialize in uh, vintage clothes and anything cool. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, That started... um, Honestly, before I talk about that, I have to talk about White Elephant Records. Mm -hmm. Because that's instrumental in that. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I, Jeremiah, we own White Elephant Records where... uh, a record label and recording studio in Big Rapids. And 
uh, we eat, breathe, and sleep music <laughs> constantly in our home. And um, it was like becoming like a really cool thing and like we like what we were doing. And so we're like, why not get into some other things that we really like? You know, mm-hmm. and we both we both love fashion. Like one of the first thing I noticed about him was that like this is a stylish dude. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, he, he, like he, he, I think it's the first hats. thing anybody uh, notices about him is that hats, he is a vest, man of style. Like he, yeah, he's yeah. he's down to rocket. Like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. He like he's like me. Like he's crazy. He'll wear anything, <laughs> and I will too. Like I love it. It's fun. Um, so. We had, Jeremiah had already had all this vintage stocked up already. Yeah. And I had a little bit too um, that I had started collecting. And we were just like, you know, let's like build a motherfucking empire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I started, we started um, like going out like really organically sourcing clothes and, um, I started modeling them and putting them online and people were digging it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was an opportunity for me to be creative as well, like putting the outfits together. And um, it's just been something that we've both really enjoyed. It's really cool. I love doing the markets because it lets you, um, again, see mm-hmm. the reaction in real time on people's faces. Like when they find something that yeah. they really connect like, with oh. is really cool. They're like, wow, this is so special and, like, sweet, and it's just for me, you know, and, I don't know, it's just really cool. Like, I, I love seeing other people's reactions. I think yeah. I'm, like, a little bit selfish in that. Like, I really love to watch other people's experience. Mm-hmm. No, that's <laughs> awesome. Do you have any um, plans for any more, like, markets or, or anything you're doing um, planned? Um, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to do some this summer. Um, I don't like to do, I'll say, probably not gonna yeah, just outside, right I'm, now. like at this time and no, no, thank you. But yeah, I like, I, I wait for it to be nice and warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might do some in May. Yeah. So we'll see. That'd be dope. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. No, I definitely want you to find me something. <laughs> uh, cause I'm like, I know if you find something that works for me, it's going to be dope. Yeah. But. Yeah, you got to keep your eyes open. I'll style for you. Talk after this. You say what? You, you say what? You <laughs> I'll style it? you. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, bet. We'll talk after this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what is what is your role in White Elephant Records? I'm the studio manager, um, and that pretty much covers a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, all yeah. Ins and outs. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like the dot connector between the artist and whatever they want to do as -hmm. far as like promotion um playing gigs um i also help write um and like production and things like that um Mm -hmm. vocalist um pedal tone player (laughs) (laughs) um yeah chime player you know just any like little instrumental thing that Uh i can do or whatever yeah it's really fun yeah i love Again, just like being able to work with musicians mm-hmm. um, and being able to connect with them in that way. And um, honestly, like watching Jeremiah do his job is yeah. like pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like um, 
damn master at He's what he very does. Much like math scientist. Yeah, yeah. What he like does. his attention to detail is mind-boggling mm-hmm. to most. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like he can really, for real, hear every single thing, mm-hmm. and his ear is just like incredible. And I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's amazing. What do you do? You all have anything? Um, albums in the works. Things. Yeah. Artists coming up. Yeah. Um, we have a single coming out mm-hmm. um, very soon for Cold Leather Seats. Okay. Um, they're currently on Spotify. You can stream their single Roots right now. I don't, know if that, I don't know if I was supposed to say that or not, but about the other song, but it's oh, okay. Well, I mean, hey. <laughs> we got some stuff in the works. It's coming soon. I got like twenty five yeah. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all got Those some exclusive shit right get. there, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna uh, do a freestyle with me? Uh, yeah, I'll try. I mean, we okay. Like, she's not about to try. We used to do this all the time. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I would go up. Um, I guess we didn't talk much about that, but how, how, before we even get into that, how did we transition from Cleopatra's Lounge to, um, the Raven? Like, Mm. (laughs) is that some bullshit? No, 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 it's not. It's just, it was really, it was just an end of like that particular, it was that there, it was super intimate. You could say whatever you wanted, yeah. you know, like seriously, you could say like the most off the wall shit and mm-hmm. nobody, nobody would care. No. Um, so it was really sad when um, the owner ended up just selling the building. Oh, okay. So That's they, they just decided to close down. Um, yeah. Unfortunate. But so um, I knew the owner of the Raven and the Blue Cow. I used to work there for a long time mm-hmm. and she was like all about it she is um she's down mm-hmm. like f- for creative shit and so um she was like yeah absolutely keep doing your thing um but one thing that i kind of wish that i would have did different is when we transitioned to the raven i was just trying to keep a hold of like the intimacy Mm-hmm. But like it, you just couldn't because it's a bigger area. Yeah. It's more people. It's a you, lot you get of more like people that are coming random just people to have that could be turned off by that. You know? you know? Yeah. Um. So I wish I would have been maybe just a tiny bit more accessible. Um. Maybe like not being as crude in the delivery of like the rules and things like that. Like literally, our number one rule was shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. You know, like, that may have deterred some people. And, like, I don't want to be intimidating in that way to where, like, maybe somebody was there and was like, oh, yeah, this might be fun. And then they hear the two hosts of the show um, swearing at them, you know. Yeah. Also, shout out to Meredith because um, she was a really great co-host as well. And she also brought a different dynamic to it. And um, really helped um, grow the audience the, yeah, the and audience things and like that. Yeah, folks, absolutely. Folks that were coming yeah. through. 
Yeah, and, and that been that venue was more so we were getting more into live music and mm-hmm. actually, you know, yeah, drums, it, it kind of became more of a music more thing of a rather than poetry yeah. slash mm-hmm. performance art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, but no, so and but in that um, in that space, we would often you know freestyle and stuff together. Mm-hmm. We had we had a couple songs and stuff that we would do um, that was fun. So I know I know you. You'll 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 fall in line here. We'll we'll get some grooves going. Okay, all right. I'm up for it. <laughs> Let me get a drink of water real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gon' do this like we back at the lounge It's a right dog and you know I gets down It's a right baby representing Flint Town Listen up dog, yeah you all of the sound We gon' take these motherfuckers straight underground No I don't clown, hold up come back around It's a Rizzo, I'm up in the hizzo Hold up you can get it from the flizzo I don't know, almost got lost, but I straight came back Hopped back up in the lack, cause you know you like that So, we gon' see what Alicia gon' do She about to come through, bring it straight to you I think uh, 
already almost cried. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should know I did cry. I'm over here lying. I, I shed some tears oh. talking about that shit. Mm. But I don't know. That was very important to me. Like um, Cleopatra's Lounge. Very essential. So uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming through. We're going to hang out for a little bit. Uh, peace out to you motherfuckers. Bye. <laughs>